Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Well, we have, as you know, moved into 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and we are facing some very serious realities as presented to us by the Apostle Paul as the spokesman for the Holy Spirit of God who is directing him. And he shows us that spiritual realities require serious attention. In this passage, Paul warns the Corinthians, he encourages the Corinthians, he challenges them, he warns about empty professions without genuine salvation, He encourages them with the wideness of God's mercy. He challenges them to serve God faithfully and sacrificially. The warning is not to receive the grace of God in vain. Verse 1 says, We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. A warning about superficial faith, warning about counterfeit professions of faith, a warning about believing yourself to be saved without any evidence of the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit within. It's a serious warning. And Paul issues these warnings periodically in his epistles. Sometimes people are quite puzzled as to how to interpret these warning passages, because after all, Paul is writing to Christians. So how is it possible that that any of these people could not truly be saved. He is writing to professing Christians. He's writing to a church, the church at Corinth. And churches almost inevitably have some members who are not truly converted, and they are in danger, the greatest danger of all, because they think themselves to be safe when they are actually on their way to eternal destruction. That needs to be taken seriously. Do not receive the grace of God in vain. That's a warning. But he goes from there to encouragement in verse 2, and then some important reminders in verses 3 and following. And we'll address those as we continue on this Tuesday, January 17, 2023. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for your financial gifts that make it possible for us to teach God's Word on this station. Encouragement, verse 2, for he says, and now he quotes from the book of of, uh, Isaiah, chapter 49, he quotes, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and and in the day of salvation I have helped you. 
And without returning to that, because we've already covered that, but God is telling them not to neglect the wideness of his present grace. A rare opportunity has come to them come to them by divine appointment. A time when God has opened wide the door of mercy, when God has 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 greatly enlarged the stream of grace that is flowing into this world. It was limited almost exclusively to the nation of Israel, but now it flows freely to the whole world. It flows freely to Gentiles, like most of these Corinthian church members are. It is a rare opportunity that has come unto, come unto them by God's design. They should value it. Divine opportunities are limited opportunities. Don't presume. But it is a great word of encouragement. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. That's the encouragement. But he moves from there into a reminder in the next several verses, verses 3 through 10 actually, that ministry is demanding, or we could put it this way, that serving the Lord is demanding. It's costly. There are hardships. There are sacrifices. And Paul demonstrates this by his own personal example. And so there are several lists here, and we'll look at them. But let's continue reading the first few verses. Verse 3, We give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed, but in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings. And the word, the list goes on, but I will stop it at that point. What is Paul listing? Well, he's listing the difficulties that he himself has encountered in serving the Lord. These are things that Paul has been called upon I could make it stronger. Paul has been required to endure for the sake of Christ in order to be a faithful servant of his. And though the exact list of of difficulties is going to differ from Paul to us, in fact, it's going to differ from one Christian to another, no two Christians have exactly the same hardships One has this one, and another one has that one, but all have hardships, and that's the cost of serving Christ. Christ told us that over and over while he was upon the earth, how we must count the cost of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And if we're not willing to count the cost, if we're not willing to take up our cross daily and follow him, then we are not willing worthy to be called his disciples. There are difficulties that must be encountered. And there are therefore qualities that are required if we're going to be able to endure that and to continue serving the Lord. And there are a number of paradoxes that are considered here, which Paul has experienced. But let's go back to these difficulties that Paul endured. What are they? Well, first of all, there's the challenge of avoiding unnecessary offense. Verse 3. We give no offense in anything that our ministry 
may not be blamed. Truth is offensive to those who are not willing to accept the truth. Truth sounds like hate speech to those who hate the truth. Let me say that again. Truth, biblical truth, God's truth, gospel truth, Bible truth. Truth sounds like hate speech to those who hate the truth. And so the truth that we proclaim is offensive in and of itself. Therefore, do not add personal failure on top of the spiritual offense. Don't let your truth be rejected because of your shameful behavior. Don't let the truth of God be rejected because of your immorality, your dishonesty, your self-serving attitude. No one could make Paul's conduct a reason for his unbelief. To the people that Paul ministered to, many of whom rejected the truth, Paul was confident in his own heart that he could say, you have rejected the truth because you don't like the truth. You've rejected the truth because you hate the truth. You haven't rejected the truth because I have not been a good representative of Christ. You haven't rejected the truth because of some failure on my part. That's what he's saying. Verse 3, we give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed. That's a high standard. That's a challenge. It's a challenge for Paul, but it is a challenge for all of God's people. We need to maintain a good Christian testimony, and we need to understand the importance of that. And even when we fail and stumble and fall, as we all will at some times and in some ways, we need to recognize that when we do that, we are responsible for generating excuses for some people to reject the truth of the gospel. That's a pretty weighty responsibility that rests upon our shoulders. So away with this idea that it doesn't matter how I live, it doesn't matter what kind of testimony I have, it doesn't matter what other people think of me, that's irrelevant, that's all covered by the grace of God, I'm a sinner, I know it, but God's a great forgiver, and therefore it isn't important how I live, I just proclaim the truth of God and I don't worry about what other people think of me. Well, in one sense, I understand that, and I agree with that in one sense. We can't always be looking over our shoulder at what other people may think of us and and guiding our conduct according to what we think other people will approve of or disapprove of. That's not the point. That's the exact opposite of the point. But the point is, we are responsible to make sure that our conduct is godly conduct. It's conduct that that corresponds with what the Bible teaches that Christians ought to be and do. We can't make excuses. We can't act as if it's of no consequence. We can't act as if Christians guilty of immorality 
are not a reproach uh, to the to the to the cause of Christ and a barrier to others coming to the gospel we can't act as if christians dishonesty is of no consequence that people reject the truth because they don't like christ people reject the truth because they don't like the gospel well that's true <laughs> But make sure that when people reject the truth, that's the reason, and it's not because of the messenger's hypocrisy, the messenger's selfishness, the messenger's manipulation, the messenger's dishonesty. It is a shame that some preachers have a reputation for not paying their bills, What a shame! All Christians ought to pay their bills, and ministers of all people ought to work harder than anybody else to be totally honest with their finances. If you can't afford it, if God hasn't provided for you to afford it, that's the real issue, then don't buy it. Don't tell yourself that you need something that you can't afford, and then buy it on credit, and then not pay your bills. Why? Because that is harmful to the message of the gospel. Don't. How how many ministers have I known? Way too many. Way too many. And we're all made of clay and we're all subject to temptation. But how many ministers have I known who have fallen into immorality? Some who have carried on affairs for years before they were discovered. As if that is no bearing whatsoever, I preach the truth, and what I do in my own life and in private is my own business. No, 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 that's the way the world reasons. That's not the way that Christians reason. We, said Paul, give no offense in anything, that our ministry may not be blamed. And the minister's challenge is to avoid unnecessary offense. We'll take it up at that place, Lord willing, tomorrow. Please join me. Until then, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.